Good morning, everybody. David Domke here. It's March 19th, Friday, March 19th, 2021. I want to talk today about the horror and unacceptableness of terror and violence against Asian Americans and how we at Common Power uh, are committed to voting justice as part of racial justice for Asian Americans. Um, it's a, it's a sobering, somber, sad, unacceptable, uh, enraging, heartbreaking, infuriating reality that violence against Asian Americans has increased dramatically over the last year and a half. Hate crimes have risen significantly, um, and a big reason for it has been the xenophobia and racism put forward by the Trump administration when he was president and has been unleashed by them by all kinds of political leaders starting with the uh, the claims, the arguments about coronavirus couched in terminology about China um, that I will certainly not give voice to here this morning. But we've seen it. We know it. And it's, it's essential that we at CP and we as citizens individually do not accept it that we call it out when it happens, and we also do work, that we do work to build a more just and inclusive democracy. Um, so today in Atlanta, President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris will be in Atlanta. They're traveling there uh, probably right now as I'm doing this podcast, and they will be meeting with Asian American leaders, and then President Biden is going to give a, a speech going to deliver remarks today on the fight for justice and the fight against violence, hatred, and racism, particularly targeted to Asian Americans. I want to uh, talk about how we can contribute to this fight, this battle, this, this fight for justice on this podcast. Uh, thank you, everybody, for the work we do at CP and our commitment. And we need to do more. We can do more, and we need to do more. So, so first, I want to say that the category of Asian Americans as a racial category is, uh, like every racial category, problematic. Um, it is a, it is a, a, uh, a terminology and a set of categorizations that mask and also um, highlight in ways that are not effective. Uh, the, within the, the category of Asian American are many different ethnic groupings, nationality, uh, launching groupings, cultural backgrounds, we have Japanese Americans, Korean Americans, Chinese Americans, Indian Americans, 
uh, Tibet Americans. You have so many different categories, Filipino Americans, so many different ones in there that get lumped together. And the reason they get lumped together is because in the white uh, mindset, Asian Americans is just a category. It's, it's, a, it's a category of similarity rather than noting the distinctions. Um, and so I, that's something I try to be mindful of when I ever uh, read about, learn about, think about, um, and certainly engage with people of different cultural backgrounds. I uh, spent several years in Orange County, California, when I was coming of age as an adult, and the the, the differences culturally among Af uh, Asian Americans in Orange County, which is uh, um, just about an hour out of Los Angeles, the differences are, are dramatic, and the, the the size of the community groupings is significant. So it is, a, it, you get a real sense of inter interacting with them with, where you have millions of people living in Southern California. You get the real senses of interacting with different citizens of the profundity and the, uh, the meaning of some of the, these cultural differences. So I, something I've been, I've been, uh, mindful of, not, um, as much as I could be, but mindful of, for for a couple decades, trying to always think about um, respecting and honoring and listening to the differences, uh, or I should say the distinctions among people who more broadly get classified as Asian American. This category um, gets often referenced as Asian and Pacific Islanders, uh, which is a, which itself is an improvement upon Asian Americans as a terminology. Um, a, but has its own challenges, but Asian and Pacific Islanders um, are uh, a categorization that is often uh, used to, to think about these clusters of voters or these clusters of citizens in American life. So I want to talk a little bit about the API um, voting kind of pool. And I want to say that at Common Power, we, from the beginning, have seen voting justice as a necessary, necessary, necessary step towards racial justice. The racial justice is the broader the broader outcome that we seek um, and that the contribution of CP is in voting justice and it is a, a necessary part of racial justice. There are many different lanes for work in this area, economic, um, housing, immigrant status, educational opportunities. Um, and our lane is voting, voting justice. And I want to uh, to talk about Georgia because Georgia has been such a focus for common power for the last six months and is only going to grow for us because we're just it's one of our seven states that we're going to be long term focusing on. 
and use Georgia as a little bit of a laboratory for understanding how we can work towards and how we do work towards voting justice for Asian Americans. So there's an org there are multiple organizations in Georgia that are doing great work on uh, voting justice, and some subset of those are doing work in communities, API communities. There's one um, that I want to mention right here, Asian Americans Advancing Justice, AAAJ, um, which is a national organization and has a robust Georgia chapter that's based in Atlanta. This organization has done remarkable work and is part of a coalition um, of broader racial and voting justice organizations across the state that have turned Arizona from a, a red state to a purplish leaning blue state. AAAJ um, is at the tip of the spear for work getting registered, uh, getting Asian Americans, API Americans um, registered to vote and then mobilizing them to vote. So I want to give a little bit of data on um, the API a vote, Asian and Pacific Islanders American vote um, that is present in Georgia. There is an, an organization there called APIA, APIA vote um, that puts out um, briefings about the, the voting kind of population that meets, that is part of the API cultural groups. I want to give a little sense of this, of where we've come and where we're going in that state. So according to APIA vote, the uh, number of Asian American Pacific Islanders um, who voted um, in, who are, who are registered to vote in Georgia, uh, more than quadrupled from 2000 to 2020. And it is, had the greatest increase of any group from 2016 to 2020, that there are almost 230,000 of uh, Asian American Pacific Islander Americans in Georgia um, that were registered to vote and eligible to vote in 2020. And that they voted in the 2020 election, in the general election, two to one for the Democrats. Now, a quick note that when you look historically at the Asian American vote across the country, um, and you go back to the 1990s and early 2000s, the Asian American Pacific Islander vote tended to be more conservative, not like start uh, conservative or not staunch conservative, but leaning Republican. Over time, however, that has shifted significantly. And now it is a strongly blue demographic in America. And I think that's tied to the racism that has emerged strongly in the Republican Party. Also, the the second and third generation of Americans that are coming of voting age um, who are Asian American Pacific Islanders and that they tend to be, uh, they, um, like many second and third generation uh, Americans, tend to be more liberal than their parents um, who had to struggle in all kinds of ways to get to this country and then embraced the opportunity to be here. And so perhaps, or yeah, genuinely we're not as 
as desiring to necessarily shake up a place that they fought so hard to get to. But that vote nationally has moved more blue, and we saw it in Georgia. Yes, looking at my data right here, 238,000 eligible AAPI voters in Georgia in 2020. Okay, that was what it was. It, the total was one percent of the vote in Georgia of the electorate in 20 in 2000, and it was three percent of the electorate in 2020. When Joe Biden won by 12,000 votes, more than enough to be the difference maker, more than enough to be the total difference maker in the vote. Now, among AAPI voters in Georgia, they tend to vote early. They tend to be early voters. Um, given the chance, they want to vote either in person early or they want to vote by mail early. The number of AAPI voters who voted early prior to Election Day uh, went from 40,000 in 2016 to 120,000, tripling in 2020, according to uh, a, a voting organization called Catalyst, which tracks voting patterns among all groups. Now, in Georgia, the largest ethnic groupings within the A <coughs> the AAPI vote are Indian Americans, Chinese Americans, Korean Americans, Vietnamese Americans, and Filipino Americans. They voted, as I said, two to one for Trump, for Biden, which means that they 67% of them cast votes for Biden compared to about a third for Trump. Okay. Today, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will meet with Asian American voters, I'm sure across the cultural and political spectrum, to hear about, to listen, and to commit to fighting against the discrimination, the racism that they face. When we look at that early vote inclination among AAPI votes or API a vote. Um, so when we look among them and we see that inclination to vote early, it makes very clear our mission in Georgia. So the, the heartbeat of the voter suppression tactics right now in Georgia that the Republicans are trying to introduce in new legislation is to eliminate or significantly reduce the amount of early voting opportunities, both in person by cutting back days and locations and then the early voting that people can do via no excuse absentee voting, where you don't need to provide an excuse. You just say, I want to vote by mail and they citizens request the ballot and they are able to vote um, at any point in time after requesting the absentee ballot. Most of folks, of course, get that ballot back quite a bit of time before the election day. So there's the early in-person vote, and that's a target for Republicans to try to suppress it. And then there is the no excuse absentee balloting early vote, 
that Republicans are trying to eliminate in the state to get rid of it or to introduce more uh, difficult identification requirements. Already, there's you have to have your signature matched when you apply for an absentee ballot. You have to have it matched with what's on the voting rolls. And then you have to have it matched when you return your ballot, signing the outside of the envelope, just like we know here in Washington State, signing the outside of the envelope. That has to get matched. There's a double signature match that's present in Georgia for no excuse absentee balloting currently. Nonetheless, despite this, over and over and over again, the Trump administration and Republicans said that there was not signature matching in Georgia. That is simply false, 100% false. There was double signature matching, double. Imagine being somebody trying to actually tell the truth in Georgia and having the President of the United States and all of his uh, blind followers, their sycophants, making lies about, de- devoting lies about your life. That has been the, that has been the experience of people of color in this country forever, forever, and certainly has been the case in Georgia. So the second mechanism is to try to get rid of no excuse absentee balloting or to introduce higher bars for voter ID. What it would be higher bars? You'd have to send a photo of your driver's license or provide your driver's license number, or you'd have to provide some other uh, type of voter ID approved, uh, some other type of government approved voter identification when you send back your absentee ballot. Both of these um, attempts to eliminate or cut back early voting in person and to eliminate or make harder absentee balloting, no excuse absentee balloting, are the primary weapons that Georgia Republicans have in place in the state. We're fighting against these. We are fighting. We are making calls six days a week on voting justice. And starting Wednesday of next week, we're going to amp that up to seven days a week. And we're going to have a couple days where we're going to have more than one calling opportunity. The fight for voting justice nationally with the push for H.R. 1 and Senate 1, and the fight against voting injustice in Georgia and Arizona um, have been centerpieces of our advocacy work, and we're about to elevate it. In Georgia, we're making progress. So we will know on Monday, but I want to just lay this here as a point of hope. There is some evidence emerging from the behind-the-scenes discussions in Georgia that it's possible that we're going to protect early in-person voting and, and keep it protected the way it has been already without cutbacks. And there's some evidence emerging that we'll be able to keep no excuse absentee voting, but probably with additional ID requirements. So not perfect, but to keep it generally. This is not a done deal by any, any, any means, but the fight for, by people on the ground, organizations there, uh, people like ourselves calling there, and then business groups in the state getting on board to block this legislation is making a difference. So we're going to keep it up. Every day, um, I mean, we're calling six days a week, 
and these calling opportunities are on our events page. It takes a couple hours. We do them in community together. If you've got a couple hours, this is part of the way that you take action for voting justice for all Americans. And in Georgia, we know for sure that it is a way to bring about voting justice for Asian Americans, the AAPI community. So I know that we often don't know exactly what can we do. Whatever one's racial background or age, we don't always know what can we do to advance justice. I'm telling you, that's a way to do it. Either devote time by coming and being part of this work. It's all on our advocacy page. And then the phone bank times themselves are listed on our events page. Or treasure or devote treasure providing support financially to support the work that we're doing to mobilize in Georgia, in Arizona, and nationally for voting justice. There is no, no acceptability for not doing something. If we are educated and we don't take some action steps, then really, what is the value? What is the value? Let's go, people. We got work to do. We have work to do across this country. We have work right now that's available for Georgia and Arizona via our phone banking, our advocacy work, and work nationally in, on behalf of HR1 and S1. Okay, the fight to vote is real. On Monday and Tuesday, I'll be doing two lectures in the evenings, five o'clock Pacific time, on the fight to vote, tracking the historical trajectory since the 1960s and spending a significant amount of time talking about right now, the fight for voting justice in America. This, these lectures, all the proceeds go to support common power. And it also is part of how we educate and then mobilize from there. All right. Join those, please. You can join those by signing up from our events page. We'd love to see you there. Need you in our, this work. Let's go.